It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the studios of 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I am your gracious and humble host, Derek G., welcoming you to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. Coming up on today's show, we will hear from Kenyon Martin and Steven Jackson. Both of those guys were in town over the weekend as part of the Big Three, Ice Cube's three-on-three league, and they had some opinions on the current state of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the current state of the NBA overall, so we'll let you hear that coming up in the first segment. In segment number two, I'll talk about some ideas that the NBA should just flat-out steal from the big three. And if you want to be nice, you could get Ice Cube involved, but there is a very easy way to improve All-Star Weekend and make it a heck of a lot more fun than what it is now. And then we'll wrap up talking about Shea Gilgis-Alexander as he gets ready to become the number one point guard in Oklahoma City at some point during his career and how his time at Kentucky may have prepared him for this exact moment. My name is Eric G. I work for 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am the co-host of the Pat Jones Show. You can catch us weekdays from 11 to 2 on 97.1, the sports animal. I am also editor-in-chief of Thunder Maven, and you can find that at basketballmaven.io slash thunder. And this episode of the Locked on Thunder podcast is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends trip. Book your own at Hotels.com. Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Be there, do that, and get rewarded. One of the major perks about being an NBA city and having a first-class arena like Chesapeake Energy Arena means you get a lot of ancillary entertainment to go along with your anchor tenant, which is the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we get, like, killer concerts. Uh, For me, a couple of years ago, Smashing Pumpkins have come to town, the Eagles, Fleetwood Mac. Um, Who else? I've got to see Paul McCartney there, which I never thought, look, I'm a huge Beatle fan. I get it. I'm older. And, And I had the opportunity to see this guy do an amazing concert a couple of years ago. And prior to the peak... Prior to that being built and opened back in 2002 as part of a MAPS project, you would have never got concerts like that in Oklahoma City. And even though it's 20 years old, it's not dilapidated in the least. The city of Oklahoma City does an excellent job of the upkeep on that. And because you're doing the upkeep, because you have an NBA team, 
you get the big three to come to town. And the great thing about having the big three come to town is not only do you get an afternoon of entertainment of watching former NBA players and guys who maybe never really had much of a career, you get an opportunity to see them compete in a fun environment, a a fun, creative way to do basketball. You also get that connection from NBA players of the past, whether it's Tiny Archibald or George Gervin or Rick Mahorn or Charles Oakley. You even get some more recent vintage guys like Kenyon Martin and Steven Jackson and the white mama, Brian Scalabrini. Not to name drop all those, but that just gives you an idea of who was in town. And you know these guys, especially the Scalabrinis, Jacksons, and Kenyon Martins of the world, they're going to be opinionated. Two of those guys, Scalabrini and Steven Jackson, have gone on to become great commentators, do an excellent job of talking about the NBA. So the media, being smart, being the, being the good media that covers the Oklahoma City Thunder, decided to pick these guys' brains about the current state of the NBA and what's going on with Oklahoma City since the Paul George and Russell Westbrook trade. So let's start with Kenyon Martin here because there's some things that Kenyon Martin says that I agree with and some things that he says that I disagree with. But here's Kenyon Martin's response to the current state of the NBA and ultimately what he thought Oklahoma City did to his fans or did to its fans by trading both Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Going and kind of having the power in that, in that regard. What do you think about the way that the league has shifted in terms of guys being able to dictate where they get to play? I think it's great to a certain degree. You know, you want to be able to control your future. You want to be able to control who you play with, teams you play on, the coaches you play for. But I, I don't think that's the biggest part of it. I think it's more of friendships. Guys want to play with friends. You know, you know, and I, I don't like that part of it because it might not be the right fit. So it might be your friend, but it might not be the right fit for you. So you go force the situation. You know, so you can go both ways. Could work or couldn't, but I just—if you're doing it for basketball purposes, I'm with it. The money's gonna be there, but if you're doing it for friendship value and all that, like I just—they don't sit well. You know what I'm saying? Because you like to it could be the wrong fit just because the guy's your friend, and you make everybody else try to fit what you guys trying to do as friends. You know what I'm saying? So, so it dictates us, so it, it hurts the rest of the team, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like in a way, but guys have the freedom now to do it, so they're doing it. Playing off of that, Shannon Brown was saying earlier that he had that moment several times during the summer where he was like, this is working really well with pickup ball. Like, I would love to play with this guy. Did you ever have that? No. I'm not a, I'm not a join him kind of guy. Like, I want to beat you. You know, that's this. I never worked out with guys during the summer. I never, I did my own thing. Like when Yanni said it, like I believe in that. Like why would I want to go work out with y'all and have people with y'all? Like that's my mentality. Like I don't. We can be friends. We can go to dinner. We can do all that. We can go hang out. But when we working, we're working. When I'm working on my game and I'm working to get better, I don't need to see your face. It's just what it is. Like because when I see you, you got a different uniform. I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat you as such. You know. So that's just what it is for me. And I, the guys that's doing just what they are now. Like it, love it, different. Take it with a grain of salt. 
Kind of going off those questions, how did you react to the Thunder's recent moves with the Paul George trade and Russell Westbrook trade? Were you surprised by that at all? Yeah, I think about the fans when things like that going. I'm saying they pay hard earned money, and you just you just throw the towel in, like on your organization when you got two bona fide superstars. All you gotta do is build around that. You got pieces in place. You, know, you just throw the towel in on the fans like that, man. That's not right. Not right at all. You know what I'm saying, but they must see something. They must know something that I don't. Can't take all the picks with you. So we'll see what they do. With I can't hate on Kenyon Martin too much for what he said there, but let's break it down and start with the last thing he said, which is it's bad for the fans that Oklahoma City traded both Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Agree with you 100% on that because Oklahoma City fans aren't used to rebuilding. This is something brand new to them, and there's a lot of uncertainty in this city, and there are people who are already willing to sell off their tickets because they don't know what's coming. That being said, I would ask Kenyon Martin this. What was Sam Presti supposed to do? Paul George came to him, said he didn't want to be in Oklahoma City anymore, and that he ultimately wanted to go be a part of a team with Kawhi Leonard. Do you have Paul George stay on the team, be petulant, and then affect everybody's move on the team so you have no chance of being successful, all because you have him under contract, you're going to play hardball with him, then he's going to be miserable. That's going to filter out to the rest of your team. And any opportunity you have to make the playoffs is going to go up in smoke. And even if you do, then you're going to end up with the same result that you've ended up with the last two years, or excuse me, last three years, and and that is getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs. So, no, I don't fully agree with him on that. When you've got a superstar telling you that he doesn't want to be part of the team, then unfortunately you just have to let him go. When it comes to these guys teaming up, all that is part of AAU culture, which you knew that already. All these guys basically get put on teams when they're teenagers, they get to they may go to different high schools but they have friends all right so let's just say it like this players have friends that go to different high schools but yet they team up over the summer they get to make friends with other guys eventually they go off and create teams or they decide to go to the same college together so this atmosphere has been perpetuated for quite a long time in basketball and that's what this generation is used to I admire Kenyon Martin saying, I wasn't a team-up guy. I always wanted to beat you. But the fact of the matter is, is that most people in the NBA anymore don't have that mentality, or at least they see their path to a championship tends to rely on them teaming up with another superstar, so it's no skin off their back to make that call. As far as what Steven Jackson had to say, he was a little bit more critical of a trade that happened mm, quite some time back in the year of 2013. Surprise? Nah, me neither. Before Oakley sat down, he was asking us about we want to talk about Russell Westbrook and Paul George. You're a guy who competed against those Thunder teams when they were coming up. Even though they were very successful, what do you think kept them from winning a championship and getting to that championship level? Well, me personally, I was on the San Antonio team when we went up 2-0 in the Western Conference Finals, and they came back and beat us 4-0. And I think they did a bad job of catering to Serge Ibaka, which I love Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka and Nick Collison, when they could have kept James around that time. 
You know, they was they was concerned about keeping the wrong people. Now it's, it's, it's coming to bite them in the butt. But so they had they had the, the perfect opportunity to keep those three guys together. I just don't think. But well, they, they tried to bring the San with Sam Presti come here. They tried to bring the San Antonio style here, and they tried to make it with two bigs, and you don't have two bigs. You have three of the best guards to play the game, and they didn't know that at the time. So it's going to be a rebuilding process for them. But the the, the best side for the OKC fans, y'all got a great group of young guys in, the, in those trades. A great group of young guys that definitely can be the future. It's a very hindsight is twenty twenty opinion that Stephen Jackson is providing there. And what Steven Jackson isn't telling you is the most obvious thing, which is would James Harden have been the same player in Oklahoma City as he was in Houston? And what we still don't know is can a superstar James Harden get along with a superstar Russell Westbrook? And while I tend to think that they will be able to get along – because Russ is over 30 and Harden is trending that way and the clock is ticking on their opportunity to win a championship, I don't know 100% that that is the case. And I dare say that you would have never seen James Harden be James Harden had he stayed in Oklahoma City. And I don't think that he, Russ, and Kevin could have coexisted. And for the most part, people that I talk to within the organization don't seem to think that they could have coexisted, nor would any of those three have been the same players they would today. I tend to err on the side of this. Look, Sam Presti made a decision based on money. There were also other factors at play here with James Harden not showing up in the finals that didn't sit well with people inside the Oklahoma City organization. It came back to bite him in the butt, but ultimately when Oklahoma City first got here, it wasn't just simply about being San Antonio on the court. As Steven Jackson pointed out, it was being a lot like San Antonio off the court off the court, which was low-key, do the right things, and don't do anything to embarrass the organization. And if the Thunder felt like some things were starting to lean that way, that's one of the reasons they made the move with James Harden. I'm Eric G. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. Coming up next, why the NBA needs to talk to Ice Cube and have him to start being commissioner of the All-Star Game. We get into that next on Locked on Thunder. Don't forget this podcast being brought to you by Grip 6 Belts. That's GripTheNumber6.com. GripTheNumber6.com. They look great. There's no holes. The belt buckle fits flat up against you, and they make a great gift for any occasion. Go to GripTheNumber6.com slash L-O-C-K-E and get 20% off your first purchase. That's GripTheNumber6.com slash L-O-C-K-E for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Eric G. 
host of the Pat Jones Show or co-host of the Pat Jones Show on 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. And yesterday down in Oklahoma City, Ice Cube brought his big three league to the Chesapeake Energy Arena. Now, we talked a little bit about this in the first segment, but let me reset just in case you forgot what it was. It's a league started by Ice Cube that has guys who used to play in the NBA, guys like Perry Jones, who actually got some love in Oklahoma City, Gilbert Arenas, Royce White, former Iowa State Cyclone. Um, Those three guys, Perry Jones, Gilbert Arenas, and Royce White, all on the same team. That's a team I actually would have loved to have covered had all three of those guys been on the same team in the NBA. Um, You also had Brian Scalabrini, Ryan Hollins was out there, as we mentioned earlier, Steven Jackson, and then guys like George Gervin and um, Nate Archibald were coaches along with Charles Oakley. So the way the format is set up or the way you have – let's start with the arena. The way the arena works is it's half court. So you just cut a regular NBA court by half. You sit it in the middle of the arena. You do what they did, which is put courtside seats around it. There's a couch where people can come down and sit if they win the right to sit on the couch. You put the media and the scores table around it. So if you're like me and you're sitting in the stands, you still focus on the court. You're not focused on a whole bunch of cement around it, and you don't feel that far away from the action. So you have a product where you have a three-point line and a four-point line. If you're fouled, you get one shot. If you're fouled on a two, you get one shot to make two. If you're fouled on a three, it's one shot to make three. If you're fouled on a four, it's one shot to make four. And the way the scoring is set up or the way the games are set up, first one to 50 wins, got to win by two, at halftime, once the once one team reaches 25, you go to half. So as I'm watching this and I'm having a lot of fun with my family there, I start thinking, this is what the NBA should do with All-Star Weekend. You just ask Ice Cube to essentially be the commissioner of All-Star Weekend because if you're going to rip off his idea, at least have the man be in charge and lay it out, and maybe he picks the team, or you designate one captain, you could still do the draft, but you could do six teams of four, and you could play it out over All-Star Weekend, Saturday and Sunday. You could do it tournament style, and whoever wins, wins a million dollars. It's that simple. Because what we want on All-Star Weekend as fans is we want to be entertained. And if you think about it, When is the last time you actually remember a dunk contest? You might remember Vince Carter. I mainly remember Vince Carter from highlights. The last dunk contest, I actually sit down and remember watching. And I know I watched this year because I wanted to see Hamadou Diallo. I don't remember any of Hamadou Diallo's dunks. The last dunk contest I remember goes all the way back to Jordan and Neat. That's over 30 years ago. Okay, that's not good when the best memory is over 30 years ago. That means you've jumped the shark. How many three-point contests or skills contests can we watch? They're old. It's faded. It's time to do something new. Hockey's doing the three-on-three. Basketball could do the three-on-three. And you could say that it's not basketball, but let's face it. The the All-Star game isn't basketball because you only play defense in the fourth quarter Because that's when money's on the line. But if you're doing these teams of three-on-three, 
And especially when you get teammates that go up against each other, there should be, A, some really good trash talk, B, there ought to be some decent competition, and C, it gives Adam Silver what he wants, which is a tournament in the middle of the season, albeit not exactly like he wants, but it gives us something that we can sit down and and watch and enjoy over a two-day period winner-take-all Winner take all money grab. I'm all for. I'm all for it. It's just a matter of the NBA taking that step, and for the owners not to freak out because you're actually going to watch your players go hard in the All Star break when normally they don't. You're going to have to get over the fact that they might get hurt and just resign yourself to the fact that they can get hurt at practice. They can get hurt in a normal game in the 82 game season. They can get hurt playing internationally. And if you're going to allow them to do all this other stuff, you might as well allow them to play a three-on-three game. And I don't know why Adam Silver, if he hasn't considered this, I feel like saying this now, Adam Silver has probably considered this, and the players, or or not the players, but I would imagine the owners say no. I would bet a million dollars of money that I don't have that if you gave the players the option to play in this three-on-three tournament through All-Star Weekend, they would take it. And, hey, if you lose, if it's a one-and-done situation, you lose, then you got Sunday free and it's an extra day of rest. If you win, then you get an opportunity to play for a million dollars plus. I would also open it up to during this time, A, I would mic up the players just like they did in the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I would mic up the players so we could hear them talk. I would also encourage the players and the fans to mingle while they are not playing these games. Take selfies, sign autographs, do all the PR stuff, and there are ways you can set it up so the players don't feel as bombarded, but you need to mingle with fans. You need to stay close to them because right now the fans feel... Like, they can't identify with players, but this would give them an opportunity to at least interact and feel like they could get close to their heroes. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, how being at Kentucky may have actually prepared Shea Gilgis-Alexander for what he's about to face in Oklahoma City. The Locked on Thunder podcast right now being brought to you by Untuck It. Don't be like me and grab an Oxford or how are they still called Oxford? How about button-up shirts out of the closet and wear one untucked? You can't do that. You have to go to untuckit.com because these shirts are made to be untucked. And right now you can enter the promo code NBA and get a discount on your first purchase. They look great on dates. They look great at the office. It's untuckit.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up on today's Locked On Thunder, I am Eric G. Thank you very much for listening. Brett Dawson, um, writer extraordinaire, covers the Oklahoma City Thunder for The Athletic. 
wrote a piece today about Shea Gilgis Alexander, which we will post on Thunder Maven, about how his time at Kentucky is actually going to help him during his time in Oklahoma City. And if you don't know the background, Gilgis Alexander was in the same recruiting class in 2017 as Hamadou Diallo. SGA and one other kid whose name I forget were actually the only non-five-star kids in that recruiting class. They were both four-stars. And Kentucky at that point had gone through several losses on the road. They were struggling to find their identity as as a team. And when John Calipari had an opportunity to light into them after returning home from a road trip, when he asked the bus driver to stop and turn towards his team, instead of destroying them, he just simply asked the strength coach and he asked the academic advisor who was doing the best in those two areas, and it was Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He had he had essentially outworked everybody on that team. He was the guy that always showed up in the gym, the guy that always wanted to get better, and that's going to serve him well in Oklahoma City. Um, it, it, because he right now, if he's going to be the leader of this team, he's got to go out and earn it. Because the veterans on this team, and let, look, let's face it, I mean, this this team does not lack veteran leadership. But for guys like Steven Adams, for guys like um, Dennis Schroeder, for an Andre Robertson, they need to see it from Shea Gilgis-Alexander if they're going to follow him. Russell Westbrook had built-in currency from years in the NBA, and by the time all those guys got into the Thunder, he was well-established as one of the leaders on this team. And now Shea Gilgis-Alexander has to go out and learn how to be that assertive leader while listening to the veterans on how to conduct himself as a professional and how to get along in the NBA. And... The thing that I that I'm most interested in seeing in all this is when he does screw up, how hard is the media on him? How hard are the fans on him? What are the fans' ultimate expectations? Because yeah, you do expect a point guard to kind of control the team. This is where Chris Paul becomes key. And if you're gonna earn that, if you're gonna earn that overpaid contract that you're getting CP3, then do us all a favor and mentor this kid and turn him into a good point guard. So by the time Sam Presti does deal you to the team of your choosing like he did Russell Westbrook and Paul George, Oklahoma City can at least have one guy on the roster that we know that we can trust and look forward to watching during the rest of his career. My name's Eric G. That wraps up today's Locked on Thunder. We'll be back tomorrow. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder You are Locked on Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.